Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Knowledge Podcast by Wahoo. I am Neil Henderson. And I am Jeff Hubler. And today we're going to discuss how to prepare for gravel racing events. If you're paying attention to what's going on, gravel is everywhere. There are new events popping up all over the world, offering everything from silky smooth dirt to chunky rocks, massive river crossings, and maybe even some sheep herding. Yep, or hike a bike or all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Gravel, I think, I, I mean, I know the word is out there and we're not going to pull it back at this point, but but it's like more like adventure bike racing, really. You yep. know, it's, it's really fun. There's a lot of different types, lots of different events. There's different distances, you know, depending on where you go, you're clearly going to find lots of different specific aspects to a gravel event that you may be competing in and heck even how they time it it might be time sections it may be the whole thing it may be you know all kinds of different things and they may not even be timed or it might not even be a race it's an event Uh, but nonetheless you can you know we're going to share some things that can help no matter what those are Yep. So Jeff and I have both done a few events. Uh, Jeff, I think you've probably done more and even longer events than I've done. Uh, let's see, you've done, well, the what, the see. biggest one, the 200 mile. Un- unbound. Of unbound. Tusher. Um, Tusher and the Crusher. Yeah. That's a climby one, right? Steamboat. Lots of elevation. You've done that. SBT gravel, the big, big long one, 140, I don't know, three, four, two miles. It's a lot of miles. 144. 144. Are we using? I don't think those units. I mean, Mm. yeah, a couple in other ones in Kansas, the open range. Yeah, it's fun. The desert gravel. Oh, yeah. Yep. I've done the unpaved PA. That was a pretty cool one. So there's lots of different types of events out there. Hopefully things that are maybe close to you, some that maybe you get to travel to and and, uh, have a a bit of an adventure. And we want to talk about a few things that you need to think about and be preparing to be able to have a good time at whatever gravel event you're going to be doing. Yeah. So, with a key on, have a good time. Have a good time, man. That that's that's the that's the key. So, I mean, you don't want to go to your your first uh gravel event and have a total disaster and end up uh, coming home and listing your bike on Craigslist or eBay or yeah, if you, pros if you, closet or whatever. You want to <laughs> you want to be able to do this more than once, not exactly. a once and done. Yeah, if you go in blind, it's kind of like uh might as well be on the wheel of fortune, and you never know what you're going to end up with. There. The wheel of misfortune. The wheel of misfortune. <laughs> All right, so let's kick it off here. Number one, basic mechanical skills. You, you, you know, you're going to have to be able to manage your equipment out there. There's not a lot of aid stations in, in many of these courses. There, there will be some aid stations in most courses, but they're not going to have everything that you need to fix your bike. You need to be self-sufficient. You need to do at minimum, some of the basics to keep yourself riding. And if you have an issue, it's most likely not going to happen in the aid station. <laughs> so yep. you got to be able to take care of yourself. Exactly. Especially this if you have 30 miles between, <laughs> you know, one section and another, and you got to go up and down a mountain and across the stream. You got to figure yeah. some stuff out. Yeah. Unless you're yeah. really good at running, which even a 30 mile. You know, I've seen really it. I mean, I've Keel, seen it. I've Keel seen tried it. it last year at Unbound. He took, <laughs> exactly. his, he took his shoes off and ran I don't know how many miles. And he still had a pretty good result. <laughs> Crazy. So maybe, maybe you don't want to run your first marathon during your first gravel event. So having good mechanical skills. I would say starting off with understanding your chain and yep. having appropriate tools to be able to manage chain issues. Yep. A chain tool yep. and a master link. Yep, those two things, and knowing how to use it. If you've never broken a chain with a chain tool, well, 
don't let the race be the first time you've ever done that because yeah. it's much easier to get it wrong than it is to get it right. So get an old chain maybe even and, and practice that a couple times. Maybe yeah, don't start. Take out a few links. You know, don't, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it on your regular bike. Yeah, yeah. Do it on an old chain first. Practice after your chain because I mean, if you can't if you can't put power into the pedals, you know, chain nothing. That's your drive. So yeah. super important. With that, next, what Pro- would you say? I'd probably say get those tires figured out. Yeah, and you know. With tubeless tires have changed change gravel. I mean, it's it's a total game changer. But you still have to to figure out like if you get a flat, what are you going to do? Are you going to plug it? Do you have CO two? Do you have um, you know what kind of sealant do you have? So you've got to figure that stuff out. And you also need to have backup. You know whether exactly. it's CO two or a pump or yeah. And I mean, you can still have the the real basic thing of, of putting a tube in it. You know, if you flat a tubeless that has a really big gash in it that isn't going to seal up with with a plug or anything like that, you're going to have to pull out the valve stem. And you're going to get messy. Everything is going to get messy for sure. If you had sealant in there, if you didn't have sealant in there, well, A, you shouldn't have to start it. And that's probably why you're going to have problems. But yeah, you're going to get messy in doing this. You got to pull out that valve stem. You got to get that tube replacement tube in there. If you got a big gash, you need to do some sort of a boot in the tire so you don't keep blowing it out. So the old dollar bill trick definitely could help. And there's also other specific tools, uh, specific patches that you can have in your kit, which I would recommend if you're doing these kind of events. Make sure you are well prepared. And then if you're using CO2, well, I mean, that's a risk. I mean, if you're doing it quick and fast and you only get one flat or maybe two, you might be all right. But having a pump is always a very good idea. Definitely need a pump. And, you know, we've talked about there's a lot of different lengths of races here. And some of them are quite long and you're out there on your own. So, yeah, Yeah. you got to be knowing how to fix flats. Again, practice this. Do it. Do it different things. If you've never used a, a, a tubeless plug, try it on a on an old tire, you know, get an old wheel, old tire, or put it on your, your regular wheel, get an old tire on there and get a puncture, you know, put a put a hole in it and see if you can plug it, see if you can fix it. Yeah. And I just want to say this. If you haven't used tubeless and you're going to go off-road, give it a shot because um, it's just not worth it to ride regular tubes. Uh, we had a guy last year. And I won't name any names, but he refused to switch over to tubeless. He rode tubes on the Unbound 200. And at last count, I think there were 17 flats. (laughs) That's that's an extreme. You asked for it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'll do that. Other things with, with tires, I would say actually knowing your tire selection relative to the course and the pressure is yeah. super important, right? I mean, pressure is key. And, you know, you're riding 60 PSI on 38 mil tires. It's going to feel like riding a jackhammer. Yeah. You might not flat, but you might not be able to ride much of it yeah. in some courses. Yeah. You get think... bounced all over the place, have no control, and you crash. And guess what? That ends your race prematurely in some cases. Yeah. And, you know, play with that, play with that pressure. And it's obviously going to depend on what kind of course you're on, but generally I'd say a sweet spot, probably right around 35 to 40 PSI as a starting point and then work from there, depending on weight. Depends on your weight and the kind of course. I remember at unpaved PA a couple years ago, I wrote in my notes, uh, I rode 38 mils at 43 PSI. Next year I'll do the opposite. 43 mils at 38 PSI. There you go. And, you know, two PSI. 
GSI can make a big difference in how a given tire setup feels. So make sure you test this out and have a good idea what to do. And again, the, how much traction you need. I've seen some people with a tire that's definitely under. It's tough it's for them to get through the sections. And then other times you'll see on a, a pretty smooth course, somebody on a super burly tire who's just spending lots of extra watts just because that, that tire is a little bit overkill for the course. So yeah. make sure you kind of match the, the tire to the type of course. And if you don't have tire gauge, you can use the simple test. Put, put your finger on it and then press on your finger and see how much it, it goes in. That's, you know. Yeah. And you can, you can learn to calibrate your finger and how far you press it by actually using a gauge and kind of getting an idea. Yeah. Okay, this is 20 PSI, pump it up to 25, push. Okay, that's 25, pump it up to 30. You get, get to calibrate your, your thumb that way. These are some pretty obvious things, but sometimes if you're new to it and you don't feel comfortable or confident about what you're doing, you can get resources, whether it's online, local shop. Local bike shop, man. There's fix-a-flat clinics. A lot of places offer that. Take them up. Get there. If you've never done this, you need to learn somehow. And, and having somebody that can teach you is definitely a lot more helpful a lot of times than just watching a video or reading a book, which yeah. those are good resources. But if you get somebody in person who can help you out with the specifics of your bike, even better. Yeah. So moving on to fueling and hydration, which is absolutely critical. These are longer events generally. And again, weather conditions can be really variable, but we do have a lot of events that are in warmer conditions. So your fueling and hydration are critical. A, you don't have enough fuel on board your body to get from start to finish without refueling. B, with those longer durations also, your fueling and hydration especially needs are going to be really tapped out. And depending on how far you have between different aid stations could really impact of what you need to bring. Two bottles on a, on a bike is often inadequate. So a hydration pack of some kind is definitely necessary to get beyond just the basic bottles. Yeah, absolutely. The hydration pack, whether it's on your back or around your waist. You know, I've seen vests with many bottles in there. Many as in N-I, M-I-N-I, <laughs> not M-A-N-Y. Well, actually many, both. Many, many, <laughs> many, 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 many bottles. But you need to have that, that fuel and hydration with you and, and plan out when you're going to get it. Because uh, as Neil said, you know, every, every one of these is a little bit different, but often you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's just nothing around. Yep. Um, in, the, in, in some of these races, you, you are left to your own resources. I know in the XL, mm-hmm. Unbound XL 350, they, they give you a list of gas stations. Gas stations, yeah. Find um, what's going to work for you. Yeah. Get her done. Episode 40 of the Knowledge Podcast also has a bit on hydration. And we also have, again, episodes 14, 15, and 16, our pre, during, and post fueling things. If you need to catch up on some more of understanding of how much you need and being able to help figure that out, definitely it's important, but you need to have a plan. Definitely have a plan. And do a little math beforehand. You know, figure out how much energy you are expending and work that out beforehand. Yeah. Yep. A little bit of math is going to help you out for sure. And also know what, what they provide on course. I can tell you the, the last aid station at, uh, at Steamboat Gravel last year, I was so psyched. There was M&Ms, there were pretzels and Coca-Cola, and I knew I could tolerate all those. And I got a handful of those pretzels and the M&Ms super and chugged down some Coke so it was a good experience. It was a great experience for me. I had kind of the opposite in Crusher and the Tusher a couple of years back, coming up to the top of the climb, and I'd been out of water for a bit, and I reached for a bottle, 
and thought it was mix or or water, and I didn't know what was in it, and I took a big swig, and it was pickle juice. Oh. Oh, did that wake things up. Yeah. Uh, you I know, mean, I didn't A little cramp, bit of pickle juice, exactly, uh, can be okay, but man, that's not going to probably fill your hydration needs. No, but it oh. set my brain on fire. <laughs> yep, yep. Always again, know what you're grabbing. Know what they got available. Make sure you know what works for you. All right, let's move into another area here. We've got some aspects for gravel events that we have specific training needs and especially bike handling and and riding skills. So from a training perspective, I would say you need to be strong. And so strength training is very important. You also need to do some big gear work because that, that kind of sustained low cadence is often part of most of these courses. So episodes, uh, the knowledge episodes 6, 8, and 27, definitely something to, to listen to, to to make sure you have a, a good handle on your strength training and how to train with big gears. Yeah, and that's important because, you know, on the road – Generally, we're going in a straight line most of the time, except for when we're turning. But ultimately, there's a lot less upper body movement and and trunk movement, even though it's still there. But, you know, gravel racing, depending on the course, has more similarities to mountain biking often than road. So adding some extra upper body work is really key. I'll, I'll be honest with you, the after doing Unbound last year, the muscles that were the most fatigued were my triceps. Uh, yep holding you up, stability, et cetera. So yeah, you got to be ready for more than just pushing. Body's got to be prepared. So one of the things I like to include for folks that are getting ready for, for gravel events, especially some of these longer ones, is just occasionally, again, this is maybe once a month or so, doing a bigger kind of longer than you're used to kind of ride and make it an adventure. Don't, you know, I don't have to do X many hours because heck an adventure. I mean, we did one last, uh, last year on uh, the solstice, I believe. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the longest ride that I did all of last year. We went from here up to Estes park and then we went up old fall river in, in Rocky mountain national park. We got hailed on, we got all the way up to the top of the Alpine research center. We dropped down. Uh, what's that? What's that? Drop down. Uh, down. What's the highest paved road there in Rocky Mountain National Park? I don't remember. Uh, Trail Ridge. Trail Ridge. Ridge. Oh. We dropped down Trail Ridge back into Estes. Then we had to climb back out of Estes, drop down, and ride home. And, I mean, that was what? I mean, gone door to door over 12 hours, I think. That was 10, 11 hours of pedal time. Big adventure, you know, having all the fuel, having stops, having plans, having some jackets, you know, little things like that. Yeah, and, you know, touching on that, I the duration, you know, we want to get a long duration, and it doesn't need to be, like you said, it doesn't need to be hard, doesn't need to be structured, and actually those little breaks and then getting back on your bike, even though your little break was tucked behind a rock, you know, yeah. because of a hailstorm, <laughs> but, but that your muscles kind of shut down a little bit, tighten up, and then you have to go through it again, so those are good Good preparations yep. to make for long days in the saddle. And that not all these gravel races are going to be super long, but they're going to be different than what you're normally used to. Exactly. And just being used to having to adapt. Having to, to adapt. To what's going on situationally, what food and drinks available, having some purpose and plan, but also just being able to on the fly fix something. Some right. cases like, ah, shoot, this isn't working the way it's supposed to. And I can get it fixed. I can get myself to continue to go. And that's all part of it. 
couple other things to think about. We, we again mentioned the tire pressure and selection, but that's super important. But having an understanding of how to corner on loose terrain, it's different than how we would corner on pavement. So we got to slow down, check down, check that speed. We're not going to be leaning the bike over as much. Definitely things are a bit different. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's not where you're going to win or lose a race if, if it is. Yeah, well, race. you can lose if you're unable to corner and you crash <laughs> exactly. yourself out yeah. and you're, you're not going to win the race there but you blah, blah, blah. probably could lose it but yeah. absolutely and then you know i call this rodeo training but only because i've tried to drink with one hand on the bars while riding over a lot of what felt like railroad tracks but it was just washboards just yeah and um you know so one don't do that during the washboards but being able to get a drink and fuel you know open wrappers whatever you need while you're riding that's that's obviously uh, an important skill for me on the drinking front that's always why a a hydration pack just makes that a little bit easier put that hose in your mouth and you can get a little drink even if it is pretty rough and you got two hands on the bar when you're holding the bottle you got one hand on the bar you're in less control so hydration packs have a little bit of an advantage there also you know making sure that you're you're you've built that strength to be able to climb in the saddle as you're going up some of these deeper things if it's loose terrain you can't get out of the saddle without slipping that rear wheel so you've got to stay seated and power through it that way or get off and walk brilliant brilliant generally faster to ride than it is to walk though it's more fun in my point in my opinion at least and then speaking of you know these these various courses and terrain doing a little recon will pay off so you know (laughs) most of you are going to know what event or events that you're going to do before before you do it's not a surprise even (laughs) even if jeff you are doing unbound (laughs) this weekend good luck even if uh, even if you're going to travel, or do a little re- recon. Understand the course demands. You know, are the course uh, climbs short, long? Um, what's the climate generally like? Is it windy? What directions do the wind? You know, does the wind usually come from, etc. Yeah. If you're coming out to altitude or going to a race that's at higher elevation than where you're from, you're going to have to take into account you can't do as much power as you would. So, you know, you got to make some adjustments to your pacing strategy. If, if you do look at a power meter here and there on a long climb, I would say generally speaking in, in gravel racing, I'm not looking at my power meter very much. I look at my heart rate maybe a little bit more and just kind of general feel. I'm looking at my map. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at the map and the people ahead of you and seeing what's going on a heck of a lot more than you on your power. Sometimes if it's a long, sustained climb, I might say, I'm going to try to hold above X watts, but by and large, or maybe say below this, so you don't blow up Absolutely. in the early going, you know, have Absolutely. a little, have a little governor. So you don't kaboomy. Yeah. What'd you say to me last year? You can't spend what you don't save. You got it. Um, yeah, we'll go on that another time. Yep. Um, but on the map thing, you know, <laughs> a lot of these courses are not marked. Some are marked really well, but. Yeah, uploading the route onto your device before you get there. And again, that's not a morning of kind of thing. Yeah. This is something you want to definitely get in there and make sure it's on and it works. And uh, again, you got to troubleshoot that stuff a couple of days out. Don't wait till the day day of or night before to that's a get yourself in a panic. Critical step. Critical. Yeah, especially if you're in a place where you don't have good internet. All of a sudden, oh geez, now yeah. you're in trouble. Especially if you're you know camping out at an event before night before. You got no opportunity. The other thing is you want to have fun. Absolutely, Jeff. If it is not fun, I mean, come on. There's other things you can be doing with your time. So 
make sure not just in the event that you set yourself up for success, but when you're going out and training and doing things, again, try to try to connect with others, go and do some adventure rides, kind of learn to go new places, find new routes to get from point A to point B or point C to point D or whatever it is and, and get out there and enjoy things like that. Yeah, it's super fun. And just like Neil said, you know, there's there's so many different events, whether they're races or or you know, community rides. It's great. Yeah, definitely. It, I mean, inclusive events, it, again, different than a lot of times a, a, you know, road race or time trial or criterium. If you roll up, gravel, gravel's totally different. You know, it may not be a, an entire rolling party. Some of them are, though. But, I mean, people are there and, and supportive, and, and it's just a, a good way to get into to some events that's just much more fun than, than some of the other things that you can find out there. So try some things that are local to you and, and find some places where you want to go, place where you want to go and, and experience what the riding is like. Right on. Well, that's it for another episode of the Knowledge Podcast. Hopefully, you'll be able to take away some useful information to help you have more fun when you get out there in your gravel events and be a better endurance athlete. Thanks for listening to the Knowledge Podcast by Wahoo. We'll see you on the dirt. Wahoo!